0: welcome to the networking for the people podcast series if you're looking for guidance on nfts you've come to the wrong place but stick around anyway as we figure out what our friends are up to why they're doing what they do and how they ended up getting there in the first place i'm robert welcome to nftp today we welcome rebecca we met several years ago on our birthright bus traveling around the world but mainly to israel in that time we brought in our own cultures and our own horizons going around new york city trying restaurants, learning about what we do in the business world now. Rebecca, I'm happy to have you on the show today.
1: Hey Robert, thanks so much for having me. I am so excited to be here today. It's so funny how, like you said, we just met on a bus and then we became friends for several years. We've been on ski trips together. We go to restaurant week in New York City and now we're here today talking about our careers. So I'm really excited to see this different part of our friendship today.
0: That's right. This is networking for the people after all. We are people. So let's get down to it. In your own words, who are you and what do you do?
1: I am a marketer. I studied marketing in college. I didn't know how to do math. So marketing seems like the only good option for me. (laughs) I've, I've done marketing my entire career. I've worked for almost 10 years now. I started in publishing and advertising, so I've done outdoor advertising to digital advertising. I've worked for the Oprah Winfrey Network, NBC Telemundo, and now I'm at a professional services company where we help our clients figure out how to solve their toughest business challenges.
0: Did you need a Spanish language set to any practicing through Duolingo working for a Telemundo, or? No.
1: It probably would have helped. I took some Spanish in middle school and high school, but luckily we didn't really need that as a requirement.
0: <laughs> good <laughs> So you pointed to that marketing piece, you discovered it or decided to pursue it, realizing you weren't so good at math. Um, I happen to be maybe decent at math, let's say that. That's one reason maybe I didn't pursue marketing. I'm not someone that's too familiar with the day-to-day of someone in your type of role. Um, whether it's marketing, whether it's something specific like candidate marketing, marketing, which you do. But I am familiar with your company as a whole. You work for a global professional services company that serves clients across a variety of industries, such as technology, healthcare, finance. What is it like for you from that marketing perspective, from that marketing experience now coming on almost a decade of experience to support hiring in those different spaces and teams?
1: Yeah, it's actually really exciting to be part of such a large organization that offers a vast array of services across a lot of industries. A lot of consultants I know love to say that no two days are the same. And even as a marketer, I couldn't agree more. Every day is different for me. One day I'm working on a marketing strategy to attract women in technology. And then another day I'm planning a social media campaign around a specific skill set such as a Salesforce or an SAP or whatever area we need to support the business. in. so it's, it's really exciting. I also love learning about different teams in my organization. So we offer services across strategy and consulting, operations, technology. So it's interesting to see the different ways that we help different types of clients.
0: The biggest example I can think of now is the Super Bowl just passed. I know this episode will come out a couple of weeks, a couple of months maybe after the Super Bowl happens, but it's such a big marketing campaign around not only the event, but the teams, the apparel, all the sponsors. I know this past Super Bowl was the first time, in maybe it's 25, 30 years where more than one alcohol type of company, alcohol-based company or beverage company rather, was mm. able to do promotional services and marketing. It's so interesting that, you know, even with one company, even with one sector, there's so many different ways to, you know, showcase your people, your products and the different things they're working on that could be so different right on a day-to-day basis.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I love that you brought up the Super Bowl because we actually, not we, my company has a team that works specifically on marketing for our clients. And we did a huge campaign last year around the Super Bowl. I can't tell you who the client is. I can't of tell you course, where no I work, problem. but <laughs> it is really cool for you to bring that up and see that intersectionality between you know, marketing and also just working at a consulting firm. And we really, we're everywhere.
0: That's good. It's good to be everywhere. I think the breadth of diversity, like you mentioned your role offers, it's not only for you, right? It's the people that you're working with, the people that you're connecting at the end of the day. We seem to be in such a disconnected world. Uh, even as we're doing this recording over Zoom, you know, um, we have a video on just so we could see each other. I think that always makes it a little easier in an interview, any kind of uh, meeting or conversation. So it's nice even if you don't have a tangible product, uh, you're there's still people at the end of the day. So maybe it's kind of a double-edged sword to call people pro- uh, products, but when you think about it from wanting to help them and really improve engagement and get people connected and talking about issues at hand or services that you want to provide or your company wants to provide. That's a really nice balance I think you could have.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Like you said, we don't offer tangible products. So we really actually do call our people products. And that's why it's so important to have a candidate marketing team is because we need the brightest talent to actually serve our clients and deliver these projects and help our clients become their best selves. And we can't do that without our people. So I love that you you know, you know mentioned that people are product because that's exactly how we look at them in a services industry.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, that makes total sense to me. So I wanna to touch on something you brought up earlier in our introductions with each other. Your role and I guess your experience and time has been heavily focused in New York. Um, I fully support that obviously as a broken boy myself. So your role has been heavily focused in the, in and around the city since you started in, at those different companies through your career so far. With a company maybe as large as yours and has many offices and different types of functions like you listed and mentioned, what's kept you at this site specifically? What's kept you in this role specifically over your time in it so far?
1: Yeah, that's a great question. So first off, I have not always been in this role.
0: Mm-hmm. So
1: my company truly encourages internal mobility and that helps you become a well-rounded marketer so i actually started off in sales enablement then i went into internal communications which is where i learned how to write and now i'm in candidate marketing so it's really interesting because my internal comms role was global and i actually could have lived abroad i chose not to Uh, my current role right now is north america focused So in theory, I could live anywhere I want in North America. But like yourself, I am a born and bred New Yorker. My family lives 45 minutes away from Manhattan. All my friends are here. All just everything in my life is literally in New York City or...
0: Everything's good, Yeah.
1: (laughs) Yeah, everything's good. (laughs) So it's always been really hard for me to break away. But I did go to... Denver Colorado in October with a really good friend of mine to see a concert at the Red Rock Amphitheater mm-hmm. and I totally fell in love with that town uh, I call it a town because the only city is New York City
0: I said so the I, same thing about Boston any right? any, listener, any listeners of the show from Colorado or Massachusetts might get upset at me including yeah, please don't hate our- us <laughs> including some of our coworkers, but I will stand strong in in my in this opinion. <laughs>
1: Thank you so much.
0: <laughs> so yeah,
1: I really fell in love with Denver because I love that there was a vibrant town with culture and there's still a lot of great restaurants and that, you know, vibe, like there's a lot of outdoor dining and it just seemed really fun. And I love that miles away you have the mountains and you could even go to a concert in a mountain mm-hmm. and it's just such a slower lifestyle pace than new york that i if i could move anywhere that's where i would go it's just even just stepping off the plane immediately i noticed the air was just more crisp <laughs> and clean out there yeah. yeah and and we actually do have an office my mentor is based in colorado actually
0: yeah denver the mile high city after all right so exactly. we're at sea level there. You didn't get any, uh, not motion sickness. I'm blanking on the term, elevation sickness. Oh
1: yeah, I actually didn't, and we went hiking, and I was, I was so excited to be in nature that I started like skipping up a mountain. But my friend was a little bit more prone to it, and she was, she was having a harder time going up the mountain. So I, I know it's really common, but it did not bother me. I just, I felt like I even had more air in my body
0: (laughs) (laughs) you were just you were overwhelmed and you were so excited to be in a new place figuring out you know with your mentor in person it's a new strategy right that you took Uh, maybe not everyone will work it'll work for everyone some people will train to go (laughs) skiing or hiking in high altitude places but looks like it worked for you
1: yeah you know we just wing it
0: maybe something you probably don't wing quite as much with regards to you know a new strategy is a new marketing strategy that you may be pursuing or developing by yourself or with your team. How do you weigh the result of what that marketing strategy has to accomplish? Right. So you have a target audience, you have some kind of budget constraints, you have stakeholders that are involved in your campaign. How do you weigh those factors together to figure out what's going to work for you
1: Yeah, that's a great question. We absolutely do not wing it. In marketing, (laughs) we are planning months and months and months in advance. It could be almost a year in advance where we're planning. And we look at what we've done in the past, look at our data from last year and apply that to this year's plan. So there's absolutely no winging it. There's just so much planning involved. With candidate marketing, our mission is to truly attract talent so and also reaching the right talent so our audience is based on our talent demand which is really where are we getting more business right now and where Mm -hmm. we need more employees in order to deliver to our clients and a lot of that actually depends on environmental and external factors with what's going on in the world so my company offers sustainability strategies they offer finance, like so many different types of services, technology, for instance, during the pandemic, a lot of companies were not prepared to have their employees working from home, right? Mm -hmm. So we enabled, I shouldn't say we, my company enabled these companies to equip their employees to work at home through technology. So that was very environmental right that like external factors Mm -hmm. we were getting more business in certain areas of technology um, because of those types of ecosystem platforms that we would use for those clients if that makes sense Mm -hmm. so a lot of it depends and so i i talk about that because with candidate marketing we we are always focusing on the business demand so we're not just going to go out and try to target individuals Um, with a skill set that we don't really necessarily have a high demand in right now. So Mm -hmm. everything revolves around um, who do we need to help us deliver to our clients? And um, it's really interesting, but where I work, they are really committed to inclusion and diversity. So we have goals. For instance, we um, publicly, publicly announced that we wanted to achieve a 50-50 gender goal by 2025, so 50% women and 50% men. So for a candidate marketing team, that's gonna impact the different types of marketing strategies, right? So Mm -hmm. right now it's because um, there are less women in at the company and that's why we wanted to make it 50 50 so we might work on campaigns that are focused on women in tech or women in consulting so and Mm -hmm. and and not just gender it's across the gamut with different diverse groups that really impacts what we do so we might go to um, different events that are catered to specific diverse communities and do recruiting events and have a recruiting booth and different types of workshops to really um, attract candidates and drive awareness of where um, you know what we have to offer for them as an employer.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, no that makes perfect sense to me. I think one, I mean there's many reasons why having a diverse team is helpful, but the collaboration aspect of it at the end of the day is really what drives a campaign home. It drives a good message home when you have people from a variety of backgrounds and levels of expertise and perspectives and views, right? Um, that diverse team of experts, homegrown experts, or you know, self-studied or can really work together to deliver those solutions to your clients, to whatever type of company you're working on.
1: Absolutely, and we actually, yeah. um, my team worked on a inclusion and diversity candidate marketing research. And we found that the research uncovered that our candidates want to work at companies where they have opportunities to work with people who look like them. So I thought that was really interesting because I'm the only Jew on my team, fun fact.
0: Mm, Same. (laughs) (laughs) No, that's great. Thank you for sharing, I guess, part of your company's goal, the mission, how you contribute to that as well. Things that are part of your everyday life, you know, it's only better when those experiences are more favorable. It makes the day go by faster, even when you have a lot of vacation time and you want to take that time off when you are present with your team, when you are present in the office. It's nice to be able to connect and talk and discuss about different things in different ways. Absolutely. So I want to take a quick step back from your work. Um, and maybe this ties to why your experience in Denver on your hikes was so easy. Um, Points to something that I know you're heavily interested in. You practice it regularly. I don't know about daily, but regularly. You're always willing to try new workouts, specifically yoga. And I know you've been doing yoga for a couple of years now. What has it done for you and how do you use it to help you reset when needed, maybe in between marketing campaigns when you have a little bit of time, a little bit of space to breathe?
1: (laughs) Yeah, I actually, this is a great segue from what we just talked about because yoga is one of the only things, if not the only thing I can do and not think about other things going on.
0: So I love that for
1: you. <laughs> I am truly present. It's remarkable. I don't think about work. I don't think about what I'm gonna eat for dinner, usually probably cause I already ate, but I just, I don't think about anything, but can I nail this pose or can I go a little deeper? And just, I'm so focused. That's one of my favorite things. I find that my job is time consuming and just not just time consuming, but just consuming of my mind that after Mm -hmm. I work, I don't have an attention span because I'm so used (laughs) to multitasking. I barely watch TV anymore because I'm scrolling on my phone and trying to read a book. I just try to do so many things at the same time. So yoga really helps me with focusing. And it just, I love how it makes me feel it. Like after a class, it feels like I just had a massage. It just, it feels amazing. And lastly,
0: Brain massage, right?
1: Yeah, exactly. Yeah. (laughs) It's just my entire body feels amazing. My mind feels just relieved and focused. And then I have stomach problems uh, as, as you know, many Jewish people do. Lucky me. (laughs)
0: Relatable. Yeah. yeah.
1: (laughs) It it really helps my stomach. So if I start having some stomach issues, I try to go more often and it truly does help. It's just, it's amazing. It's the best kind Mm -hmm. of exercise out there.
0: Yeah, the mind-body connection is super powerful. As you know, someone that worked on brain-related pharmaceuticals in a in my in my previous career, in my previous job rather, um, d- it's definitely something you know that we don't know too much about, but we do know ways to improve that. And yoga is definitely one of them. I know we've talked about it before. I've tried to practice it more uh, as a, you know over over the years, especially through COVID, uh, when we're hunched over, sitting, watching TV or working all day, it's good to uncoil and do some good back bends and shoulder openers.
1: Yeah, (laughs) I mean, you're getting pretty good. I remember last year on our ski trip, you were showing off some of your moves and I was pretty impressed, not gonna lie.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Thank you, thank you. I'll I'll, I'll take those small wins. Um, If they're not at work, then I'll take them um, in my warrior posing. (laughs) (laughs) I wanna, I guess, go a little bit deeper and bring us back to that candidate marketing piece what did you know about marketing, I guess, before you came into it? And now how do you feel that's changed now that you've been in it for so long now?
1: Yeah, it's it's interesting because candidate marketing was fairly niche until a couple of years ago when there was a lot of political turmoil and unrest. And so a lot of organizations started getting, you know, uh, candidate marketing teams to to help attract diverse talent. They started getting chief um, diversity officers. So it's so interesting that you really could market literally anything. And it's just such a wide industry. Like for example, i earlier talked about how I began my career in outdoor advertising, Mm -hmm. which is crazy. And now I'm doing something totally different. And so it's just interesting that you can do so many different things under one umbrella.
0: And I think that's ever increasingly important. I know, you know, our generation, the generation younger than us that are entering the workforce, they're constantly looking to upskill themselves. So whether or not you're studying, let's say specifically business, specifically finance, specifically marketing. You're looking at other elements of what you enjoy doing, what you have interest in, and really using that not only to you know seek employment, but to market yourself and your diverse set of skills, right?
1: Yeah, exactly. And one of the really important things about being in marketing is it's actually really good to try out different types of marketing roles. And mm-hmm. like I said, that's why I really like where I work now is because they really encourage trying out different teams because they're, for for example, for candidate marketing, I use all the skills I gained from my other jobs. So when I started out in digital advertising, now I understand how to analyze data for our own careers page, for example. Mm -hmm. So it's really interesting to just be able to apply all those different skills and use them for the role I'm in now.
0: And looking back to the roles you did before, thinking about what you're doing now, you had that digital focus, the data focus before. You had the, in, the internal communications piece before as well. Moving on to now campaign marketing, what do you feel that you might be interested in next or after this, the, this current role? Though I know you recently came into this role.
1: Actually, I've been on this team almost four years. And, oh, okay. and it's something men- I know
0: you mentioned you wanna potentially switch then. <laughs>
1: yeah, yeah. So my mentors, I have a few and they always ask Rebecca, what do you wanna do next? What do you wanna do next? And I don't know. So when I, I've been actually making a point to go to the marketing events or just like the team networking events, mm-hmm. to talk to managing directors and senior managers on other teams. And I've literally asked, What do you do? What kind of projects would I work on if I were on your team? And I'll talk to them. I want something that involves creativity and campaign management and doing social campaigns. I love social media, it's so fun to me. So I'm still investigating that now. I think I'm heading towards iconic thought leadership marketing campaigns. So my company will do robust research on a specific topic, and then we'll roll it out to the market through a marketing campaign. And that's something I might want to get involved with next. And I would be using a lot of the skills I've been leveraging in candidate marketing to campaign management. So I think I think mm-hmm. that's where I'm heading next.
0: Mm-hmm. And part of what you're describing, I think, ties to a couple different things, figuring out how different teams go about their days looking for that creative aspect or looking for maybe a more managerial aspect. Taking a step back, when you're thinking about different teams, different people, you can't always think about it just internally, right? There's the external factor that is the competition that exists for any kind of global professional services company. With keeping an eye on that competition, ensuring your work is as forward-facing to the future. And you know, in tune with social media and pop culture, in a sense too. What departments do you, I guess, work with now that help you achieve, you know, success and bring you that successful marketing campaign or implementation that you might be looking for?
1: Yeah, that's a great question. So where I work, it's a matrix organization. So that essentially means that there are teams for everything. We have Mm -hmm. a social media team. Within the social media team, we have the paid folks. We have the content creators. It's wild how many different types of roles are just under the social media team. Then we have the branding team. Then we have a talent brand team, which is separate than the candidate marketing team. So actually one of the challenges of my role is knowing the right people to pull in to -hmm. projects in order to get them off the ground there sometimes can be a lot of red tape if another team thinks that they're doing a similar project. So a huge part of my role is to ensure that we're not duplicating efforts. Yep. And I think that's why my company is so successful in their marketing campaigns is because we're not just throwing marketing into, into the market. We're we're cognizant of all the other campaigns going on. We time them. We're very strategic around what other teams are working on. So it's just it's really fun to work that way and i've actually met a lot of different people who i became friends with and i wouldn't have if i didn't have to work with so many different teams and i like i work with our data analytics team so everyone's specialized and my mentor once said rec if you're doing it alone you're doing it wrong mm. and whenever i feel a little stuck I like on that something, line. Yeah. yeah i always remind myself What did my mentor say? I'm going to send her this podcast. She's going to know who she is. And, (laughs) and that's what I, and then I'll, I'll reach out to some people and I won't feel stuck anymore.
0: That's good. No, I really like that as someone that's working in the business side. Now I have a very similar role where I'm looking for at least one contact in at least one other team that I'm working with, whether it's understanding how a new business system works to improve, let's say our regulatory management or how we keep track of new guidances in the industry. The people closest to it, you know, wouldn't be us, right? We're not the regulatory team. The regulatory team themselves would probably be the ones to best connect with on that information. If we need to feed that into, let's say, a different quality system, that's another team we have to bring in. So what I found success in is literally drawing that matrix map, you know, from the matrix organization perspective that you have, Thinking of it as a matrix, who do I need to involve where? Literally going through a little checkbox effort to see, you know, am I the person maybe that needs to contact them? Or do we have a better stakeholder that has a better relationship that can contact them on my behalf? So it's always trying to figure out the best route. Um, it doesn't need to be perfectly optimized, but that's what we can, you know, aim to, aim to achieve.
1: <laughs> yeah, exactly. I like to think of it as my job is just one big, crazy ping pong tournament because I'll go to someone <laughs> And I ask them, hey, do you know anything about this? Can you help me? And they go, I don't know, but so-and-so might know. And then so-and-so sends me to another so-and-so. And and the race begins.
0: (laughs) Right. And then you're, you know, playing ping pong over the table. Right. (laughs) (laughs) Do you play much ping pong in the office or no? No, but several years
1: ago, we actually had a marketing you know, happy hour that was at spin. So that was, Oh, I love fun. it. Yeah. <laughs> so you had,
0: there was the ping pong tournament you brought. It's a, it was like a life imitates art thing, right?
1: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it was like a metaphor coming to life. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I love that. Now that's fun. And spin is great. Spin's a great experience.
1: Yeah. It's fun.
0: So you mentioned your role now you've been in it for four or five years coming on and potentially looking to switch What's been the biggest learning from this specific role that, you know, you weren't expecting coming in and now you feel that you have it a uh, couple years in now?
1: Yeah. So it, it's funny. My company is all about driving change, not just for our clients, but also for our own people, our communities, our stakeholders. So something I've really learned, and this isn't just, I'm not just saying this to properly represent my company is honestly embracing change and rolling with the punches is imperative i am a structured person i will know what i'm eating for dinner like two days in advance right i just i love routine i love structure and yeah sometimes things just don't go your way at work right and so being resilient and um having that change mindset and a lot of things change so Technology is rapidly changing. We have a lot of our client offerings based on technologies and emerging technologies. So it's just really just getting used to being uncomfortable or becoming comfortable being uncomfortable, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. And just always being just open-minded and trying to learn new skills. And in marketing, it's really fast paced too. There's always, you know, social media, was not a marketing vehicle 12 years ago, right? right. So it's even wasn't, technology. Wasn't budgeted for. Yeah. <laughs>
0: so, yeah. No, I really like that. One thing I think I've been thinking about, I guess, through our conversation, through the different types of roles and teams you mentioned, is that there might be some overlap, I feel, with like a human resources function, whether it's for communications, whether it's specifically, you know, looking to hire people. Do you feel that you have any similarities, or is it largely differences um, with your team, maybe compared to someone that might be working you know, in an HR function? And I know HR functions are broad in themselves, similar to different types of marketing roles that you described earlier.
1: Yeah, there's a lot of intersectionalities, actually, with human resources, specifically recruiting and marketing. For example, a lot of recruiters, such as our campus recruiting team, They go to colleges and universities at these Mm -hmm. career fairs, and they are literally representing and marketing our company without Mm -hmm. any marketing experience whatsoever, right? So that is a form of marketing. So there are a lot of those intersectionalities. And of course, as a candidate marketer, I equip those recruiters with the speaking points and marketing materials they need. But at the end of the day, we absolutely rely on them to be the face of our company. So it's, that's a great question. And I, I'm asked all the time, Oh, so you're in HR. (laughs) And I always laugh at that because uh, it's literally candidate marketing.
0: That's why I asked that question.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So, but my main stakeholder is, recruiting, right? So while I don't have a client externally, recruiters absolutely are my client internally. And I'm here to collaborate with them and help them achieve their um, recruiting goals.
0: Mm -hmm. I like that declaration that you made about who your main stakeholder is. I think it's always really important, at least in my day to day, to understand who that main stakeholder is for any type of project I'm on, whether it's HR, whether it's solely the recruiting team within HR, it's always good and helpful to clarify.
1: Yeah, absolutely.
0: I kind of want to maybe summarize some of the things maybe that are similar and different, because um, I think this what your answers have taught me is that there are actually very clear differences with you know, from HR to candidate marketing, put them into three categories. Maybe there's the focus category, uh, skill set category, and then that perspective that you last touched on, where the HR professionals maybe generally have that more of an internal focus, working more closely with employees and managers within the organization, and then candidate marketers like yourself have more of that external focus, where you work to build and maintain you know your company's reputation and you create the tools um, to bring people in, right? So you bring the external people in. Then there's that focus piece where, I think we kind of touched on it, the Mm -hmm. HR side, there's that broader focus. So there's talent acquisition, there's employee relations, um, benefits and recruiting. And then you have the more, again, that narrow focus, you attract and engage your talent, fill positions, um, you expand on marketing campaigns and you kind of focus on finding those stakeholders playing ping pong you know maybe it's singles maybe it's doubles
1: uh, (laughs) to
0: to have either one person that you want to talk to or two you can't have too many decision makers in the room because then you're playing a very interesting game of ping pong
1: (laughs) oh yeah (laughs) yeah i think that's a great great summary and just one one last point is just always by the by the time a recruiter meets with a candidate my hope is that the candidate knows who our company is right <laughs> so just to bring it all full circle
0: <laughs> right yeah and i think that's a great place for us to end today It's a great session rebecca i want to thank you for giving me and all of our listeners your thought process as you work through the changes and through these stages of your career through the different elements and through the different teams you've worked with and the ones that you look to work with. I'm looking forward to hearing and seeing about your next steps.
1: Yeah, thanks so much for having me. I I really enjoyed talking to you today and being in a different setting besides the mountains or a bus in Israel. (laughs) This is a really fun side of you to see. (laughs) Thanks so much for having me.
0: I'm glad you think it's a fun side of me. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks to all our listeners. Please visit our website at nftpcast.com, complete the Google form on our website to stay in touch. Submit future topics and industries for us to cover, recover, and discover. Tune in for the next episode, and see you next time. Hi, this is Tyler, the sound engineer with the Networking for the People podcast. If you liked today's episode and the music we played, check us out on Facebook and Instagram, and at nftpcast.com. Thanks so much, and have a great day.